Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello. So today's episode, I'm going to talk about five things that I've learned since starting my own business, my own private practice. And I'm doing this because this month, and at the time of this recording, it's September 2021. And so this month marks the two-year mark since I've taken my practice part-time. I shifted over to full-time this past January in January 2021. But I started one day a week a couple years ago in September, so this felt like a nice time to reflect on some things that I've learned and share these things because I know I work with a lot of clients who are either in the early stages of exploring or are in their own mix of their own business, and I think... I know when I started, I was looking everywhere for people that were doing it and people that were new in it to try to absorb some of their experience and normalize my experience. So I want to share that for those of you that might be in those stages of exploring your own business, your own private practice. Of course, these things that I learned are through my own private therapy practice, but I think they really apply to a wide variety of businesses, especially those that are on kind of the smaller scale um, where you're working directly with clients or, you know, not not a super mega corporation. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll talk a little bit about just my process, what that looked like for me, because I think that context might be helpful. So yeah, in September of 2019, I started one day a week at my private practice. um, And I was so lucky that the clinic that I was working at the rest of my time was super lovely and supportive. And it was easy for me to shift over one of my days to my private practice. I know not everybody has that. I feel very blessed to have been able to have that support so that I could just kind of dip my toes into this and explore what it would be like to do my own private practice without having to jump in because financially I also needed my other job, you know, not to jump in and not really have any income in my new business. So it was nice to be able to shift into that and also just for my own comfort level, right? It's a really big step and it was helpful for me to be able to shift that over super slowly and and also be able to shift my client work over really slowly. So that's how I started off. I, you know, found a space to rent because at the time I was doing in-person sessions and just had my one day a week. I think it was probably a couple months until I even got my first client. So it was definitely slow going. There were definitely moments where I really questioned if I could do this or if it was going to be possible. Um, I'll, I'll talk a little later in this episode about getting support and the groups that I was in and all of that, but know that I had a lot of support in a lot of different ways that helped me to keep with it and stick with it. And then COVID happened, right? So in 
2020, um, right, COVID happened, the pandemic hit, we moved over to virtual sessions at the clinic that I was working at closer to full time, as well as I shifted over to video sessions for my private practice as well. And in a way, right, like obviously this was a really tough transition for myself and for my clients, but it did give me a little bit more flexibility to do my business because I wasn't at two totally different locations. So over this time, I was kind of filling up my Thursdays were my private practice days, and those were slowly filling up. I think right in this own way, COVID brought out this really big importance for mental health. So I was able to get some more clients through that. I think I only had like a few regular clients prior to COVID and then my Thursdays started to fill up. And so I started to explore, okay, like this is, this is the time that I'm ready to shift over. You know, I, I told myself once I fill up my Thursdays, that might be a nice sign to add some more days in my private practice. Cause at the time my goal was to fully shift over to my private practice and being able to be virtual was really helpful because some of the days that I was at the clinic that I was at, you know, I could slowly say like, okay, I'm no longer doing, you know, late afternoons on Wednesdays and I'm going to add those couple slots over to my practice. And so very slowly I shifted over, of course, talked with um, the clinic that I was working at about this transition. And slowly over time, I shifted over full time to my private practice, which I'm fully at now. And yeah, that's, that's been kind of my process, my exploration. So I'm not quite one year into full-time private practice. Um, and yeah, it's been really lovely. And there's been a lot that I've personally explored and learned. And so that's what I will share with you, but just throwing in the context of what that looked like, because um, it might be helpful with these additional things that I'll be talking about. So the first thing that I learned was you don't have to do it all at once, right? So as I mentioned, my process to full time was like over a year in the making. Um, started just one day a week, super part time. And I think that this can be really helpful, especially for those of you that right, need some consistent income, I think knowing that you can do it really part-time where it's okay if you're not making much money at it, I think is a really helpful process. Um, And for me, that was super important because as I did it where I was still having a pretty full caseload outside of my private practice, I knew I'd have the income I needed. So I didn't feel a ton of pressure to take in clients at my private practice, which was huge. um, Because one of the main goals of my private practice was to really work with my ideal clients, right? The clients that I really resonated with that I feel most skilled in helping and that I really enjoy working with. And I think if I had jumped into it full-time from the get-go, I would feel this pressure to make money and this pressure to kind of take anyone who wanted to walk through my doors. And it might not actually end up being the private practice that I needed. Another thing that's relevant is in my private practice, I shifted to um, be out of network. So private pay, not accepting insurance, and that, you know, takes a little bit more time to build up because you kind of have to find those clients that are willing to pay out of network. Um, 
And right, you don't have that insurance to to make it easier for clients to come in, which was really important for me and kind of my business plan to shift over to not be working with an insurance for a lot of different reasons that I won't totally jump into now. But it was really important for me to work out of network. And I think if I had jumped into my private practice full-time right away, I might have felt more pressure to accept insurance to be able to bring people in really quickly. So if you are someone who's kind of thinking and exploring starting your own business of any kind, and if it feels really scary, I encourage you to kind of look at like, how can I do one baby step, right? Maybe it might be a half day or one day a week um, or, you know, a few hours here and there. So know that you don't have to jump in right away. And you might choose to always stay part-time, right? There are so many, like, for example, in the world of therapists, there are so many therapists who you know, work, you know, more full-time or some amount of part-time at a clinic or at a hospital or at some different setting and then have their private practice part-time and they keep it that way for years and that really works for them and it's a nice balance. So know that it doesn't have to end up being a full-time thing, right? You're doing this to work for you. So explore like what that looks like and Take your time with it. You don't have to jump in right away unless that feels right, right? Of course, like if you've got the plan set up and it makes financial sense to just jump in and that helps you feel most motivated, go for it. But if that feels scary like it felt for me, you can take your time. You can dip your toes in. You can dip your toes in and choose that it's not the right path for you, right? That's okay too. So I think dipping your toes in can be a nice strategy. Um... For, for a lot of us. So my first one is you don't have to do it all at once, right? It can be little bits at a time and that's okay. My second one, and, and this is one that I've really been settling into this year, is there are many ways to define success. So when I started off, like, I mean, certainly my most important goals were I wanted a schedule that really worked for me. I wanted to be able to see fewer clients because that works for me. And I wanted to really be able to work with my ideal clients. But I think what we see out, um, you know, from from people talking about how to build your practice and everything, there's a lot of this um, kind of goal setting around having a full practice and making a certain amount, right? Kind of the number we hear a lot is build your six-figure business, Um and not that that is a bad goal, right? Like it, of course, I think a, a major goal for a lot of us shifting into business is around finances because we want to be able to live comfortable lives. And that is a totally wonderful and lovely goal to have. And and we do that by filling our practice and figuring out what those numbers are. I think that is inevitably going to be a part of the process. But important to recognize that that is not the only goal, and that your goal around that doesn't have to be the same as everyone else's, right? So kind of at first, I initially was like, okay, everyone says, build your six-figure business and see this many clients. So that's what my goal should be. And as I shifted into this, um, I really was resonating with my other goals of working with clients that were really great fit for me and really enjoying that work. And having a schedule that supported me. So this goal of like having a work-life balance that really works for you. And I'm sure this is influenced by the fact that we're in a pandemic. But for me, it, it really resonated like, oh yeah, like 
actually having my full-time, you can't see me, but I'm doing quotations, my full-time work not actually be full-time and be more of a part-time was really important for me. Um, And so kind of accepting this piece of, wait, how much money do you actually need to be making, right? And and I don't need to be making $150,000 a year by any means, right? Like I can live comfortably at a lower income with that, especially because my partner also works. So we, you know, have a dual income household. And so I did not actually need to be making six figures. And I did not have to have 25 clients to make that amount of money or anything like that. And so for me, accepting like, okay, what, yeah, what financial goals do I have? And how can I really prioritize these other goals? So there are many different ways to define success. Yes, you can define success around how much income you're taking in and how full your client load is. But you can also really look at, and I think it's important to look at defining success by some other things too, right? So that is going to look like, yeah, what does my work-life balance look like? Um, what does my regular work day look like? What does my regular work week look like, right? What days do I have off? Um, what balance do I have there? For me, it's also looking at this balance of, yes, I love client work and I've also wanted to add in some other work too. So, you know, on the side, I right, have this podcast and I have my workbook and right, I'm looking at adding in other kind of digital content that I have a lot of fun creating and offering. And I think it's something that's needed in our world. So that's really fun for me to get to add in too. So knowing that I get to have this balance is a really important goal of mine as well. So if you are in business or starting your business, whatever that looks like, I encourage you to really be curious about what are the important goals that I have here? How will I define success for myself in this? Um, and, And I think one important thing is, oh yeah, I can define a successful business by knowing that business won't be the only way I define success in my life. Right? Sometimes creating your own business allows you to prioritize your life outside of work. And I think that's a really, really worthy goal and definition of success to have. So that's the second thing that I have learned in shifting into my own business. And the third one kind of resonates with that. And it is to take advantage of the fact that you get to call the shots. So especially when I was starting off and thinking about what a full-time private practice would look like, I really looked externally at what are other people doing? How many clients are other people seeing? What times of day are their openings? What are they charging? What is, you know, what does everything have to do with their practice? And yes, I think that's helpful. I think at least for me, it's helpful to kind of get an idea of, yeah, what, what does this look like? What can this look like that helps me create a little bit of a framework, but also so important to let go of the shoulds to let go of the societal expectations around what it means to do it and to really know that, you know, for me, shifting to my own practice was really saying, yeah, like the whole reason I'm doing this is because I want to be able to be in charge of what this looks like. And so take advantage of that, right? 
Um, you get to pick your own hours. You get to decide what times of the day you're seeing clients. You get to decide how many clients you're seeing. You get to make all of these choices. And yes, you've got to be, you know, bring in the logic with it too of figuring out, okay, what rate do I have to charge to be able to do that and make enough money to live and all of that. So yes, there's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself with it, but knowing that you get to call these shots. Um, so for me, you know, Prior to adding in my private practice, when I was just working at the clinic, I already didn't work Fridays. I was working four days a week, and that really served me. And I knew that I also didn't really like working evenings. I'm someone who would prefer to work a little bit earlier and get done by like three or four and have, you know, my late afternoon and my evening for myself. And during the days when I feel like I do the best work. And so when I was starting my practice, I was like, well, maybe I'll have two days where I'm done by four o'clock, but then I should have one day that's evenings because that's what other people do. And I think it was helpful for me to pause and be like, no, I don't have to do that, right? I can offer the times that work best for me and there will be clients that that works for, right? Um, I know for me as a client, when when I'm a client to my own therapist, I don't actually want to see her in the evenings. I want to see her during the day because I'm someone who really values my evenings just being evenings for me where I don't have appointments and things going on. So whenever I see my therapist, I look at, okay, how can I add a break in my day so I can go see my therapist and do my work? And, and that's possible, right? There are people that enjoy that. Yes, there are a lot of people who need evening sessions. And there are a lot of therapists who actually enjoy working evenings because they're not someone who likes to wake up early in the morning or they want their mornings to themselves. And that's so lovely. And so there's someone for everyone. And so what I'm getting at here is you get to call the shots and there's going to be people that that really works for. And that's why you've started this business or this practice or whatever you're doing. So you get to call the shots, take advantage of that, right? Notice when shoulds are getting in the way and they will, right? It's inevitable. Notice that, shift it, bring it back to yourself. The next thing that I learned is how important it is to build a community. So if you're working at a larger business or a group practice or something, you have that community built in and that's really lovely. And for some people that's so important to just have and maintain and that's why they choose to stay in that and that's so lovely. Um, And if you're someone who's wanting to shift into your own practice or your own business, having some form of community might be really important. And this is going to differ for everybody. Um, I'm someone, I'm pretty introverted. I'm kind of a homebody. I'm pretty comfortable sticking to myself. So I don't need to have a community that's so consistent on like everyday check-ins or different things like that. But it is so important for me to have community when I need to check in. Especially when I was getting started, I took some online courses from people that I really value and look up to in the business. And I also was a part of a local group on kind of building a private practice. I was, you know, meeting very regularly for a year. I think it was like meeting every month for a year um, with other people that were starting their own private practice. And we were guided by someone who has been in private practice for a long time. So that was really nice to have 
a setting where I could ask questions, where I could get validated around the struggles and all of those pieces. And what this looks like for me now is I have a couple different consultation groups that I'll meet with. And even if we're not like meeting that month or that week, I have people I can connect with and ask questions or If I just need some validation or support, I can reach out to them. So I think it's really important to make sure you have community of people who are doing some similar things so you don't feel alone in it because having your own business can be super isolating, especially if it's kind of a a one-person show or, you know, just a few people. So it's important to have some community, some support, whatever that's going to look like for you. And my fifth and final note on what I have learned here is that practice makes progress. This is not going to happen overnight, and you're not going to feel comfortable with it at the beginning, most likely. So I know in the beginning, I was so nervous, which, you know, is almost kind of funny because, right, like I have have a few, you know, at the time when I started off just part-time, I already had a few years under my belt in working in group private practices and, you know, meeting tons of clients and having tons of intakes and phone calls and all this stuff. So I've gained a lot of comfort in, right, being a therapist. But the element of doing it on my own felt scary. And so I know, like, I would have my first few phone calls with potential clients Um, I felt really nervous about communicating that I didn't work with insurance and owning what my rate was and what my process was. And I just remember being so nervous for those uh, consultation calls and how I was going to name that if they didn't know it and all that. I was so nervous. I remember like I can almost feel that like pit in my stomach feeling at that time. Um, and it's nice as I look at how I've practiced this and right, also how I've tweaked my website to make these things really clear and how I've connected with more people that, you know, are actually happy to work out of network or, you know, do different things that involve that are involved in, in what my practice holds. Um, I've gained so much confidence in it. And the only way to build that confidence was to practice, right? Was to navigate those tough phone calls. Um, was to kind of figure out how I can connect with the people who really want to connect with me and and all of that. And it just takes practice. It's okay to be nervous on so many different levels of having your own business. Um, That confidence will come, that confidence will grow. And that's why we have our support networks because it's hard to do that all on your own. So have your support to help you ride the waves where that confidence isn't super high. Um, But that's a part of it. And I think it's important to recognize, especially if you have your own set of insecurities or self-worth concerns or anxiety or whatever it is, to know that discomfort in the process doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, right? Like there were certainly weeks where I didn't have anyone on my schedule and I doubted that I could do this or I doubted that this was the right path. Um, and it's possible, right? Like if, if that's what you're feeling over and over again, right, it might not be the path and that's okay, but that discomfort does not necessarily mean it's not the right path, 
for me, it was helpful to continue to ride the waves, continue to do my own work underneath it, so that I could show up confidently. And that has made all of the difference, right? Now, you know, my practice is as full as I would like it to be, which does not mean 100% of my slots are full, right? Because I like to have some flexibility and wiggle room and, and all of that, which is nice. But my practice is as full as I'd like it to be. And I've built a lot of confidence along the way with that. And I think that's important. So the main takeaway is like, this is for you. This process is for you. How you define success is for you. How you navigate it. What your day and your week looks like is all for you. And we're human. We're kind of wired for the comparison mindset. So the comparison mindset is going to come in and it's going to bring in itself doubt. It's going to do all those things. And just know that that's a normal part of being human. And it's okay if those things come in and it's okay to still lean in. It's okay to still move forward and do this work, whatever that work is for you. So yeah, I, I think that's pretty much all I have to say with it. At this point, um, I, I've recently like noticed I'm like just so excited in working with clients who are exploring these things too. So if you have questions, um, you know, go to the link in my bio, find my Instagram, shoot me a message because I would love to talk about this some more in maybe in future episodes or different pieces. So if you have questions, let me know. I'll make sure to um, add those things in in future talks that that feel relevant, whether on Instagram or on here or whatever. Um, Yeah, so I hope this was helpful for those of you that are exploring your own business or, or different pieces like that. And I will look forward to connecting with you all next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.